Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Sales Management. In it, you'll discover 10 challenges and problems that sales managers and VPs often experience and how to best solve them. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod270. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am really excited about today's guest. I think you guys are going to really enjoy hearing from him. He is the Managing Director of SoCo Sales Training, which has been awarded the HR Vendor of the Year Award for the best sales training provider in Singapore, Malaysia, and Hong Kong for the last four years. So he knows what he's talking about here. He is also the Managing Director of AMC NPO Solutions, which is a Canadian-based company that helps not-for-profits with their strategic planning, bylaws, and governance. So um, really cool contribution that he's making to that community. He's an international speaker and author, and he is based in Singapore. We were just talking about how he has a whole lot faster internet there than I do here in New York. So we're so glad to have you here, Tom Abbott. Thank you so much. It's a real thrill to be here. I am looking forward to talking uh, all things sales leadership. Definitely. So um, as we get started, you know, I just listed off your your key bullets from your resume, but you're a whole lot more than your resume. So I'd love if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe talk about um, where you developed the passion for what it is that you do, or the journey that you've been on to get to where you are today. Yeah, well, thanks for that. I mean, that's, that's a great question. Uh, wow, where do I start? <laughs> I mean, I've always been <laughs> a huge fan of business, sales, marketing, professional development. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I remember being about 12 years old, I would be reading uh, uh, issues of Psychology Today magazine because I was so interested oh, wow. in what's <laughs> going on in people's minds. I mean, why do we do the things we do? Why do we behave in the way that, that we behave? So I would read all these you know, uh, personal development articles, these professional development articles, and I was just passionate about it. And then as I was going through school, then I started to gravitate towards these types of courses, whether it was psychology, sociology, political science. I mean, all of the, mm -hmm. the these types of, you know, humanities types courses. I was always interested in people stuff. I took some, some counseling programs to learn how to be a professional counselor. And then that sort of evolved into professional speaking and training and coaching. And then I got accredited as a coach. So everything was, was all connected. But my passion was always business sales, marketing, business development. And that kind of led me into a sales career. And I was a top performing financial services representative in, in Canada. Uh, I'm from Vancouver and I lived in Montreal. I lived in Ottawa. So I, I had some success in sales, both B2B, B2C, all kinds of industries. And then of course that kind of merged. So my passion and my expertise for sales and business with my, I guess, experience and acumen uh, and then before you know it, I started becoming more of an expert in that space. I've since written a couple of books on the topic of sales. Uh, we relocated from, from Vancouver to Singapore uh, over 10 years ago, set up our company, SoCo Sales Training, and SoCo stands for the Sales Optimization Company. And in the last decade or so, we've been working with great multinational brands that are headquartered here in, uh, in Asia Pacific. So I typically travel to 10 or 15 countries throughout the year and delivering sales training programs with our team and motivating audiences for sales kickoffs, keynotes, these types of things, launches. Uh, in fact, I've spoken to audiences as large as 12,000 people. So uh, this, is, this is my calling, this is my passion, and I love all things sales. Absolutely, that comes through. 
I, I love that foundation that you talked about when it comes to psychology, because I think so often people think of sales um, and they have all these different ideas about sales. But what sales really is to me is a person connecting to another person and figuring out if you have a solution to a problem or a challenge that they're experiencing. And psychology is so incredibly helpful to figure out how do you effectively connect with and communicate with people. And then on the on the training and development side, you know, to really understand how people think and how people work can help you understand how do I um, help, you know, kind of sell people on the concepts that I'm training to them, because it's a it's a very similar uh, thing that you have to accomplish there where you're convincing people that you have what they need. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's a combination of of convincing, which is influence, persuasion, negotiation, as well as coaching. So to be quite honest, when mm-hmm. I'm working with, with, with my sales team and also when we're, when we're training sales teams, I really tried to get them to see themselves in the role of, of a coach or advisor or consultant uh, as much as they are in, in the role of being a salesperson. Because at the end of the day, I honestly believe that you can't, and I will say this again, you cannot make someone buy something they don't think mm. they need or want. And if you do that, what you're doing is you're actually, you know, coercing them or putting some unnecessary mm-hmm. pressure on them. And look, you might close a, a, a deal today, but you certainly won't have a satisfied, happy customer, and you certainly won't have them coming back for more, let alone referring new business to you. So at the end of the day, it's really about kind of coaching them and helping them uncover what are the biggest challenges they're facing, what are some things that they've tried in the past to overcome it, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And what could they try next? And if by presenting your offering, that's consistent with what they're looking to achieve in terms of their goals, well, now you've got yourself a great fit. Absolutely. I always love talking about sales as that fit, no fit conversation. And what that brings to mind is, a, is you know, abundance versus scarcity, mm. um, wanting to be consultative and really um, just engaging with people. Our mission at Criteria for Success is enabling buying in a world of selling. Mm. And so often, I think people are so focused on the sell, 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 and they don't really think about why would somebody want to buy what I'm selling? How would they want to buy what I'm selling? And um, those are so important uh, principles. So I I love that, that we're aligned there. Um, one of the biggest areas of expertise that you have is sales leadership. And I know we've, we've spoken about that before, that you, you do a lot of talking to sales leaders, sales managers, coaching uh, and training as well. And so I'd like to focus our conversation today on sales leaders, because that's primarily who we have listening to this show. So first of all, why don't we start with a, a big, enormous, kind of stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What are some of the best practices that you have for building a foundation for sales leadership within an organization? Well, I think the foundation, I mean, it really starts with uh, knowing the distinction between leadership and management, mm. okay? I think that's that's a big thing. And, and we tend to use those words synonymously. So you hear this quite often. And in fact, when we're doing programs, we have a program called Management Mastery, and, and it's geared towards sales leaders, sales managers, and aspiring leaders and managers, you know, people that are being groomed for those positions. Uh, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, those are two really, if you want to unpack it, they're two very, very different things. And I've had some debates with people about that. And they kind of clump it all in together. But, but in my experience, 
uh, a leader, okay, a leader, and you think about political leaders, global leaders, religious leaders, spiritual leaders, corporate leaders, a leader needs to have the ability to inspire people, really. Hmm. So a leader has to be able to inspire people. A leader has to be able to move people to take some sort of action. That's that's leading, right? And in a perfect world, they're leading from the front. I mean, they're 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 there. They're 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 in the trenches. They're doing something. They're mm-hmm. they're walking the talk. They're a role model, right? So that's to me, that's leadership. And part of that is having vision. So leaders have vision. Leaders have a strategy, a game mm. plan. All right, they have this big picture. Uh, mission or vision that they would like the organization to to follow, or uh, a vision of how the world should be. So they're they're visionaries. That to me, that's leadership. Now, a manager. When you think about it, now I've gone from leader to manager, and I could tell my tone probably went down. <laughs> it really did. I. <laughs> and there's nothing at all wrong with being a manager, but let's face it: managers manage the process. They manage things. So they're about execution more than strategy. I mean, let's be honest. Most sales leaders on this session here that are listening are not responsible for setting the strategic course for the organization. Really, most of them are responsible for managing their sales staff, making sure that their staff do what needs to be done, follow the SOPs, hit the KPIs. That's management. And that's a super important role. We need people to manage that process. But it's really around managing people, managing processes, as opposed to setting the strategic direction. What markets do we need to go into? Do we need to focus more on retention, uh, getting new customers, new product development? I mean, there's you know myriad things that go into formulating a strategy. Great managers are able to go, okay, now that I know what we need to do and why, let me get the resources together and marshal the team so that they can focus on the how we're going to get this done. So the distinction between management and leadership, I think, needs to be clear from the beginning. And once you've got that, mm-hmm. now we're able to start building this, this, this culture within the organization. Absolutely. I think that's so critical. And I love how you how you shared that. It actually reminds me of a conversation I was having with a client literally earlier today. And they had hired a VP of sales. And it was just an abject failure. We were brought in um, after the guy had been there maybe a month or two, not very long, but we could kind of tell from pretty early on and, and they could tell somewhat internally, this was somebody who wanted to just be a leader. All he wanted to do was the strategy piece and the vision piece and the role model piece. And he was actually pretty good at that. Mm. But what they needed was a manager (laughs) and he couldn't do that. And so they wanted somebody who would make sure that the team followed the process. They wanted somebody who could actually help, um, you know, develop some new processes and tighten some things up and somebody who would help onboard new employees and make sure that, you know, the I's were dotted and T's were crossed. And it was, it was a completely different job Mm. than what they hired him for. And I think so often sales leaders do need to actually have a mix of both of those. And that's something that makes that role especially difficult. Sometimes you do need to be both a leader and a manager, but sometimes what the company needs is just one or the other. And you've got to make sure you're hiring the person who has the skill set and the interest and desire for the side of it that that you um, need. Because, it, you know, the title sales manager sometimes means leader and sometimes really does mean manager. Yeah, I mean, there was there was so much there, Elizabeth, that, that you mentioned that we need to unpack, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot there. I think 
to, to me, in, in that particular case, without knowing any of the, the nuances and, and the context <laughs> and the backstory, but, but really it sounds like, you know, to be blunt, uh, a failure in leadership. <laughs> Ironically mm. enough, right? <laughs> it was a failure in leadership from that VP of sales leader. So what do I mean by that? There, there clearly seemed to be a lack of clarity between what the organization needed and wanted and who they hired for that role. So there was, there was mm -hmm. some sort of a miscommunication there. There was a misalignment. Well, so look, in my experience, working with sales leaders and organizations around the world, the number one role of a leader is to clearly communicate the objectives mm. and goals. Okay, it's not the responsibility of the recipient. It's not the responsibility of that new hire, that VP of sales who is getting onboarded. It's not their responsibility to understand. It's rather the responsibility of those who recruited that individual to clearly communicate and make sure that the scope of work, the expectations were clearly understood. If one's looking for, look, if I'm being, if I'm being vetted for a role, VP of sales, Come on, VP, that screams st strategy all over it, mm -hmm. not execution <laughs> in the trenches. So my gosh, let's give this guy a poor break that, you know, God forbid, he thought that he would actually be more of a leader than, you know, boots on the ground <laughs> manager for a VP of sales role. I mean, come on, guys, right? So, but, but now to your point, I think you're 100% right that, you know, it's not necessarily one or the other. Of course, when you're in a strategic role, you still do have to manage people. You still have to manage projects. But now if they got very clear on what exactly they wanted that VP of sales to do, then perhaps a better equipped VP might say, okay, look, my strength is in strategy and goal setting and planning. Maybe I need to hire someone to work on my team that I'm able to delegate the day-to-day -day management function to that person, right? And so to me, that's how you set yourself up best to win. Because clearly, how much does it cost to, to hire and onboard a VP of sales? A lot. To have them there for a month or two and it's a failure, that's a shame. That's a, that's a failure in yeah. leadership at the highest level. Definitely. And that, that echoes the <laughs> advice that we had that we had provided to I the hope client. I didn't so yeah, I think it's <laughs> No. And, and, you know, I think a lot of companies are confused, especially if maybe you've never really had a clear role of um, sales leadership or sales management, you know, both. And, um, and this is going to be the first manager that you hire. I think sometimes people, you know, step a little bit above their, <laughs> what they're actually looking for. And, and that was this case. And, and, you know, we were able to work with them and figure out that actually you don't need a VP of sales right now. You're not ready for a VP of sales mm. right now. What you need is a sales manager and, and eventually you'll grow up and need a VP of sales. But when you have the number of salespeople that you have and, you know, the needs that you have, you can have a sales manager. And like you said, when the title is different, you're going to attract different candidates 100%. and they're going to have different expectations. And that might make things a little bit easier. hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, a lot of companies, especially startups some smaller companies, they want to grow up too soon, right? They want to be bigger than, like, mm -hmm. oh, we need a VP of sales. It's like, well, wait a minute. Um, if you're a startup, if you're a smaller company, Maybe the founder or the CEO or the managing director, whatever their title is, guess what? You are also the VP of sales, okay? You mm -hmm. are the de facto <laughs> VP of sales. Now what it sounds like you really need is someone to execute on the ground, to manage the day-to-day -day operation. So look, you know, to me, every sales leader is being looked at 
for if you're in a sales leadership role, your team is looking to you for guidance, direction, and coaching. All right. Those mm. are the three things that a team needs from any sales leader guidance, direction, and coaching. And there's one thing that they absolutely must do to become a great sales coach for their team is to become a visionary. I mean, what's your vision for the department or the organization? What are your objectives as far as sales volume, sales revenue, profitability, return on investment, market penetration, market share, et cetera, et cetera? You need to be very specific and set some guidelines and deadlines. That is sales leadership. Absolutely. Uh, I, I love that that clarity there because I think, again, a lot of people are confused. Um, if listeners want to learn more about some best practices for growing up as an organization and, and how to plan that, I had an in-depth conversation about that with a guest a few months ago named Alexander Adamson. So I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. She um, she has worked within uh, the the venture capital space and um, they you know focused on investments and she was the consultant who would come in to these startups that they invested in and help uh, provide advice. So she's got a lot of experience experience nice. in that area. All right. So um, we'll include a link to her episode in the show notes. I do not remember the episode number. I never do that. Um, <laughs> but all right. I want to jump to the next question because I know um, we've, we've got limited time and we, we could probably go in depth on everything. But um, one thing that I hear from a lot of both, again, leaders and managers here, because this is some of this is, is strategic and some of this is more execution focused, mm -hmm. is they want to know what are the tools, what are the resources, what is the tech stack that I actually need to enable and drive an effective sales process? Because there are so many new tools that are coming out and is everyone really essential? But it, it can be hard to figure out like what are, you know, how can I set things up to make sure that my team is successful? So what are some best practices that you've discovered there? Well, I mean, that's that's a wonderful question. And I think, you know, now more, more than ever. So in this particular period that we're going through right now, the tech stack for sales reps has uh, has grown, right? It's grown and it mm -hmm. has changed. And and to be quite honest, I mean, you and I were, were chatting uh, off camera. I mean, it's it's not going to change anytime soon. I've been telling people, mm -hmm. do not do not try to to get through this in the short term and try to you know survive the short term. You need to be thinking about how can we succeed in the long term. I mean, how do we set up our organizations to 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 win? in the long term. So to your question about the, the, the tech stack, so there's a few things that, that any sales organization needs. Uh, for example, make sure that you're using LinkedIn as a minimum, mm -hmm. right? So sales teams need to be using you know, social media platforms. If you're in B2B sales in particular, make sure that your team is very active on LinkedIn and using it for prospecting, for, for researching customers and, and for nurturing leads for those that aren't yet ready to buy. So LinkedIn is part of that stack. Uh, Slack, for example, for communicating and sharing and collaborating with your team. So Slack is a wonderful mm -hmm. platform that we use and you can set up all these different channels uh, based on certain topics and you invite the right people to the right channels. It's a wonderful tool. So I love Slack. So teams need to be good at LinkedIn. They need to be great at, at Slack. Using uh, mobile messaging apps like WhatsApp, for example, is really great for sending quick messages, either voice recordings or video recordings um, uh, to your prospects and customers. So you've got to be great on WhatsApp or, or, or Lime or WeChat or Telegram. I mean, these are some really popular uh, mobile messaging apps in our part of the world here in, in APAC. Uh, Calendly, for example, 
for scheduling mm. meetings with people. So you've got to be familiar with how to use that tool and setting up different calendars with different criteria and blocking off dates and sending out reminders and all of this. That is really great for uh, reducing and you know eliminating the, the, the constant back and forth between you and your prospects and customers to try to book a time. I mean, so much time is wasted. If you can make it easy for a customer to say, hey, how about tomorrow at 10? Or if you want to find a better time, just click the link here. Boom, done. So Calendly is great. Uh, now more than ever, using platforms like Zoom, uh, GoToMeeting, uh, BlueJeans, uh, Microsoft Teams. So using these types of online platforms for online meetings, you've got to be super comfortable on video now. <laughs> uh, Google Docs or Dropbox for document mm. delivery and collaboration. So sharing files. You've got to have... Uh, you've got to have that set up and be comfortable with finding things and sharing things. And then finally, I would say, you know, uh, last but not least, your CRM, right? Your customer relationship management. <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to come in. Well, I saved the best for last. So, you know, your CRM. So whether you're using Salesforce or Zoho or, or uh, any, you know, any Microsoft Dynamics, whatever you're using, make sure you're using it. And people ask me all the time, hey, Tom, what's the best CRM platform? I say, good question. The answer is, the one that your team actually uses, all right? At the mm. end of the day, they're all great. They all have some great bells and whistles and some limitations and some elements of customization, but don't get fixated on that. Just make sure that you've got buy-in to use the CRM at the highest levels. Show your reps how they actually can save time and close more deals faster by entering uh, their notes in there and and next follow-up action items and, and setting reminders and tasks and staying on top of things. So my God, from, from social media to Slack to WhatsApp to Calendly to Zoom to Google Docs and CRMs, that's a really huge technology stack for reps to have to be proficient in. So times have changed. Mm. Absolutely. I love that you that you focus there on adoption. So a couple of things that I love about what you just said. First of all, yes, you listed specific brand names, but you also told what they're for. And so obviously pick whatever makes the most sense for your business and, and your region. Um, but we use a lot of those specific tools that you were talking about. Calendly. Oh my goodness, I would die without Calendly. Um, that is how, in fact, we scheduled this recording. <laughs> um, but uh, the key that you mentioned there on adoption and training, mm. I could not list how many clients we have who have invested in not just these foundational tools that you said, but they've got, you know, the AI um, email responses and they've got the, the different outreach tech, you know, platforms and all these other things. Yep. And then they don't actually train their team. They don't integrate them into a process. They don't focus on adoption and they're spending thousands of dollars a month, you know, for each rep. And, and not getting any value out of it. And so these that you listed, these are just the foundational things. But for each one of them, if you don't have training, if you don't have effective onboarding to how you use it specifically at your company, if you don't have um, any evaluation of how people are using things effectively, I've had clients who literally had people that didn't know how to effectively access the server. And mm. it wasn't a server problem. It was a, a, a training and, and knowledge problem. And then you think of all the workarounds. Anytime somebody doesn't know how to use a piece of technology, then they were saving local copies of things like PowerPoint decks and not realizing that it had been updated three months ago by marketing and they were sending out completely inaccurate information. Mm. And 
if if people don't know how to use things, you're going to end up with bad data. You're going to end up with um, really lost sales or or bad messaging going out just because people are don't know how to use the different tools that you have. So it's not just about investing in the tool, but really that training um, and adoption process is key. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 rarely the tool. I mean, so that's what I was talking about mm. on the CRM platform. It's not a problem with the tool. The tools are there. The problem's not the 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 tool. The problem is the people. It's always us humans <laughs> that tend to mess everything mm-hmm. up. We're either not using something or we're not using it properly or we're using the wrong one. So it's, again, it comes down to a, um, a failure in, in communication at, at, at every level. Mm. And, and leadership, definitely. Um, yeah, I used to work in IT and, and the problem is generally the person in the chair and not the, uh, not the computer on the desk. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of the other big things that, again, um, I love that we have this distinction now, leadership and management, because this is kind of a leadership thing and a management thing. Um, what are some of the best practices that you've discovered for how leaders can set goals for themselves and their teams? Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's that's a great question. And, and it's always surprising at how, you know, a lot of us get it wrong. But, you know, look, it, it just comes down to a few very simple things. And this is at the at the highest levels. And and I, 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 I mentioned this, you know, a, a couple minutes ago. So really, it's about getting clarity. Start from there. So a leader needs to think about what, how will I be held accountable at the end of the day? So I'm putting myself in the shoes mm. of that poor VP of sales, right? <laughs> so for that VP mm-hmm. of sales, and for any sales leaders and managers on this, you know, listening in right now, it's about how will I be appraised at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year? What is that criteria by which I will be measured? All right, that, that's that's where it all starts. So have a, have a conversation with your boss, with your leader, with your manager around, you know, hey boss, how will I know that I'm doing a good job? Just a very simple question. How will I know tangibly that I'm doing a good job? So here are some examples of how you would know you're doing a good job. Uh, has revenue gone up? Okay. So, <laughs> so set some revenue goals, set some revenue targets. Now those revenue targets need to be broken down. It's not just, okay, we want to increase by X amount, but it could be increased by X amount by product. So are there certain products that strategically you want to focus on versus others? Are there certain markets that you want to go into more than others? So, man, this is where strategy comes in. And this is how it's different from a manager who makes sure that these things are happening, but they're not necessarily Mm -hmm. responsible for what is the strategic direction for this organization. And that's got to happen at the highest levels. What does the CEO want to do? Absolutely. Are we going into a new country? Are we going into a new um, a new market, a new vertical? Are we bringing a, a new product to market to existing customers and or new customers? So to me, it's just about having crystal clarity around what are the revenue goals? Um, what are the sales volume goals? So maybe you're less interested in revenue and more interested in um, getting our product out to market. Right? Maybe that's your strategy mm-hmm. for this year or this quarter. And it's just like, no, we just need X number of users on this platform. Or we just need to get you know, X number of products in the hands of consumers. Right? Or we just, we're looking for logos right now. So client acquisition, mm-hmm. new logos, that's our goal. And I don't care you know, what it costs to get them. I want those people <laughs> in our portfolio. Maybe that's your strategy. But you can see right here that, 
man, and this is where I get so excited. The strategy, the objectives that you set then need to filter down into the day-to-day operations and execution, right? So the, mm-hmm. the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. Uh, do you have goals around profitability? So maybe it's not about, you know, revenue per se, or, or pro- but it's like, hey, some products have a higher margin than others. So for this quarter or this year or this half year, uh, let's focus on product X versus Y because it's more profitable. So there's just a number of things that you can do, market penetration, um, uh, all these kind of things. So to me, the, these are the objective criteria, and that's the starting point. And then from there, you start breaking that down to smaller, bite-sized, more tangible, day-to-day operational goals. Absolutely. Um, I, I love just the, the clarity there, because like you said, again, um, the, the strategy is absolutely essential. And I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to, you know, um, in sales who weren't aware of any strategy when it came to, you know, what markets are we focused on? What products are we focused on? What profitability level should we, you know, they just sell. (laughs) And it it makes it really hard. And then you're going to have salespeople who are going to probably go with the lowest hanging fruit or they're going to target the, the wrong thing. I've had clients where, you know, they, or even if you give the wrong strategy. So for example, I had a client where um, they told the team, focus on big whales. You know, we want big whales. We want big, 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 big. Well, those take a really long time. Right. And they didn't have anybody who was focused on the small, easy to get stuff. And then they didn't have any revenue coming in. Oh dear. And they needed revenue coming in. <laughs> and that caused a big problem. Well, that, and maybe you can have care. some people focused on whales and some people focused on the little stuff. Or maybe you can say, you know, spend 20% of your week focused on the whales and, and 80% of your week focused on the little stuff. But just thinking about that, uh, again, you can't leave this up to your sales team. You need somebody who's going to be responsible for setting these big goals. And then, like you said, the management is really in the in the follow through and the execution. <laughs> Well, again, you know, in, that's a that's a brilliant example, and and again, that's kind of a you know a failure in strategy. So you know, strategy is okay. We want to go after these big whales, but then there has to be a financial management component to your strategy around I don't know um, cash flow, right? So you, you you need to have this mix of the the you know the the major accounts, the big whales, but also having some you know um, high, high turnover or velocity sales, right? That are kind of those lower ticket, easier ones to get so that you just have that consistent cash flow coming in. So you got to think like that, mm-hmm. unless, unless you have prudent reserves and you can actually go through mm-hmm. a period of time um, of, of, of no revenue. And that's fine mm-hmm. if you're in it for the long haul, but you have to have the cash there to get you through that. And that's probably why a lot of companies go out of business. It's not because of a, a, a bad product or, or you know, a bad go-to-market strategy. It's just the, the overall financials of it just don't make sense because they're just going to burn through cash before they have any, any revenue coming in. So that, that's, a, that's a big problem. Another thing that we need to point out as well is I love what you said about low-hanging fruit. Well, look, everybody. Um, if you've ever worked with a sales professional, <laughs> um, we are we're, we're we're very simple to motivate. Uh, pay me to do something, and I will do that thing. Right mm-hmm. now, if you want me to go after the whales versus going after the low hanging fruit, uh, I'm sorry. That commission structure better somehow reward me along the way to keep me incentivized to keep going Mm -hmm. after that big whale when there's a really long and complex buying process. 
So, so, so how does your compensation plan, um, is it adjusted depending on whether I'm going for like velocity sales versus the, the, the bigger ones? Uh, at the same time, you want to make sure that, let's say you want to go after, you know, you're hunting versus farming, right? So if your strategy all of a sudden is we need to bring on, you know, 20 or 30% new customers that have never heard from us before and spend less time on your existing accounts, well, guess one, you know, which one's likely harder? I mean, it's probably harder for mm -hmm. most people, especially if they're used to farming, to now start hunting. So if you want your team to do something that they're not necessarily best at or comfortable at, you need to pay them more to do the things you want them to do. Otherwise, they're just going to fall back to what's easy. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that mix of human nature plus just, I mean, bluntly, we're all going to do things that are easier and we're all going to do things that we feel more confident in. Oh. And sometimes if you have a team of farmers and they're really good at farming, maybe you need to keep them and, you know, retitle them as account managers and then hire a team of hunters. And, you know, it's a thinking through what what the actual strategy is. And then um, I, I love, you know, tying it to the comp plan. I, I can't tell you again how many times we've we've looked at the comp plan and said that's that's why you're getting the results that you're getting. <laughs> and um, sales is one of the very few roles where what you earn is directly tied to the behaviors that you make. There are a lot of other jobs where you know you just show up and you get paid, and it sales. doesn't necessarily matter all that much. Absolutely, For it sure. doesn't matter all that much if you do well or do poorly. But but sales is so directly driven by the day to day choices people make, and so you have to make sure that you're you're enabling and and supporting and guiding the right choices by the way that you're paying people because uh, I don't know of anybody else who is more familiar with how they're paid than salespeople. <laughs> they can rattle off every little detail of their commission plan. You know, even if it's like this complicated spreadsheet, they know it off the top of their head sure. because that, you know, it's how they pay the bills. Well, and I wrote in, my, right. in my first sales book, I wrote that there's a direct relationship between uh, yesterday's efforts and tomorrow's pay, right? Mm -hmm. if, if ever you look at your, your paycheck and your commission check and you go, whoa, what happened? Um, it's because nothing happened. It's because you didn't do anything yes. before. I mean, there's no surprises. The numbers don't lie. I mean, sometimes people lie about their numbers, but the numbers don't <laughs> lie. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so last big question here about leadership and management, because I think uh, we obviously can't um, end this conversation without recognizing the specific time that we're in right now. And you brought it up earlier as well when we were talking about the tech stack. But this is a this is a unique time in the world. We've never really been through something exactly like this before. Hopefully, we never go through something exactly like this again. Um, and leaders are experiencing, you know, different challenges. Your team might still be working remotely, um, and they weren't before. Um, obviously, your prospects, your customers, uh, are experiencing different financial conditions than they were before. So, do you have any big best practices for leaders who are still kind of figuring out? How can I be a more effective leader in this in this challenging, chaotic time? Well, I think there's a, a number of different types of leaders, right? I mean, you've got everything mm -hmm. from your, you know, authoritarian leader, which is kind of like, you know, my way or the highway. Uh, there's kind of more democratic leaders who are like, hey, you know, team, what do you think? What, 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 where, where should we go from here? And what's going on with you guys? And there's some pluses and minus for all of that. You got your transactional leaders. Uh, some are more strategic, but then you've got what are known as transformational leaders. And these transformational leaders, they, they, they transform their, their staff's thinking and they inspire them 
with a sense of purpose and excitement. Now more than ever, we need transformational leaders. We need sales leaders that are able to motivate, inspire, uplift, uh, appease, console, right? We need leaders <laughs> that are able to, to make people feel good right now, okay? We can't have leaders that are like, hey, you know, uh, it's my way or the highway. These are the numbers. You know, if you hit them, great. If you don't, you're out. I mean, there has to be some sensitivity, whether it's quota relief and what does that look like, okay? I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying drop it down to, to nothing indefinitely, but what does quota relief look like, for example? Um, do you adjust your sales strategy a little bit? Do you adjust your messaging as you're reaching out to customers? So there's a there's there's so many things that that need to happen to to adjust the way your reps are selling right now. And for me, it comes right from the top. It's what's that leader like? So for example, uh, on our team, we got a small team of people. We're about seven or eight people spread across the region, and in fact, the world. We got reps in the Philippines, Singapore, uh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we always we're always collaborating on Slack, and then we we're always having Zoom calls. Like every day, we're touching base and making sure that. I'm accessible, that I can be reached, mm -hmm. all right? So as the director of the company, I can be reached. Uh, I always want to check in, how's everybody doing? And the number one thing I ask my team every single day is two questions. Number one, do you know what your objectives are? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know what you're supposed to do? All right, what are the top three things you're focusing on today? Do you know what your objectives are? So that's number one. And then number two, do you have the resources to meet those objectives? Do you have mm. everything you need to meet those objectives? If you do and you told me that you do, it's on you. All right? Have at it. Go for it. If you don't have all the resources you need, it's your responsibility to tell me what you need and I will give you what you need to sell. So in this context where you've got a lot of people working from home, and we, you know, we just went through this, this software stack. We didn't even touch on the hardware stack. Mm. Okay, that's a whole other thing, which we don't have time to get into. But look, you know, how's your internet connection? Is it hardwired? How fast is it? Pay more for faster speed. And whether your company does it or you do it as a rep, what's going to help you sell? All right. Do you have the, the laptop, the computing power you need? Do you have cameras? Do you have some lighting so that you look good? Do you have a nice background so that you appear credible and professional on these video calls with prospects? So this is all the, 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 the hardware stuff that you need. So you've got to ask your team, do you know what you're supposed to do? And do you have everything you need to get that done? And there has to be an element of warmth, caring, compassion for your team, reassurance. Gosh, so many people right now Businesses are closing down. People are getting laid off. People are um, asking, being asked to work a shorter, you know, fewer hours and taking cuts in pay. I can tell you, mm -hmm. and I'm super grateful that with our team, even through all of this nonsense, and we had a hard February, I'll tell you that right now, <laughs> but we've, we, did we? <laughs> we, never, we never had to lay anybody off. No one got laid off. No one got fired. No one was asked to work less hours. No one's taken less pay. We are busier than ever. We started having a nice recovery in April. April was almost uh, back to where we were before the situation. May was better than that. And June, we've already exceeded 
our our May revenue, and we're only you know at the date of this recording here, we're the twenty third or twenty fourth June. So we're we're back to crushing it, and I'm very excited. And we've had to do a lot of things, but that 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 comes down to really good leadership and reassuring your team that hey, mm-hmm. we're all in this together. We're not going anywhere, and let's let's all like we told everyone. Look, you're all in sales right now, okay? Each and every one of you. I don't care what your role is. You're now supporting the sales team because revenue is number one. So that was a strategic mm-hmm. decision that we made, and it and it paid off for mm-hmm. us. So you got to be yeah, a transformational absolutely. leader. Rally your troops. Get them inspired. Get them feeling hopeful, hopeful that we're going to get out of this together. I hope that helps. Absolutely, it does. And I just want to, um, I'm not going to respond to all of that again, kind of looking at the clock here, sorry. But um, one thing, if if you're a manager or a leader, and you're struggling to find an agenda for a one-on-one meeting, and you think, you know, I should be having one-on-ones with my reps or my team or my manager, whoever it is, um, that those two questions, do you know what your objectives are? And do you have everything you need? That's that's all you need technically for an agenda for a one-on-one call. So um, highly, highly recommend it. All right. Um, so Tom, one question we always like to ask our guests, um, cause we're building this kind of library of recommendations is what are some books that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking about that because I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me and I, I get asked that question a lot. You know, what, what are some really good leadership books that people should be reading? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass on that question and here's why. I think mm-hmm. your listeners have gotten many recommendations of books that they should be reading. All right. Um, if they're like me, if they're like me, they don't need another book to read right now. I'll be honest. My Kindle is packed full of books. I'm just being completely honest. <laughs> I am addicted to buying books on Amazon. Okay. You ask my wife, that's, mm. my, that's my big vice. Okay. And she always says, to Tom, <laughs> are you going to read that book? Are you going to read it? So now she's made me only download samples. Okay, she's made me. Only, That's cruel. Only, da- but that, but she's <laughs> right. She's right because she I is. just don't have the time to read all of these books. So here's my recommendation for all of you sales leaders and managers out there: open your Kindle and just start reading whatever's in there now that you've been putting off for the longest time. That's my advice to you right now. <laughs> Oh, that is an excellent, excellent recommendation. I, I'll have to say this. When I was a kid, I'm, I'm the biggest bookworm in the world. And I would always ask for books for Christmas. And so I would get, you know, 10, 15 books from my parents for Christmas. And I would stay up all night, Christmas night, and I would read through all my books, basically wow. straight through. And then it would be, you know, the 26th or the 27th that I would have no books to read. And so the Elizabeth, uh, you know, who was eight, nine, 10, 12 years old, uh, would not be able to imagine the number of books that I have that I have not read. It pains me every time I see them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a good tip. It's painful that there are so many good ones and they come out all the time. Well, the, the, the thing is this, Elizabeth, and this is the reality, is there's no shortage of great stuff out there. I mean, the fact that that you're all listening to this podcast episode right now is awesome. And thanks for spending the time. You know, um, the reality is there's there's no shortage of great content. But what there is, is a shortage of time. And your time mm-hmm. is valuable. That's the one resource you can never get back. So make sure that you're spending the, the best use of your time, making the best use of your time. And see if you can carve 30 minutes uh, every morning at the start of your day 
to either read something in your Kindle that's been in there for a long time that you've never read, or listening to a podcast or, or watching a video on YouTube. Absolutely. All right. I have so enjoyed our conversation today, Tom, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. I'm sure they've learned a lot. They've got a lot to think about. Um, if you want people to learn more about you and what you do, where should they go? Well, there's a couple of quick spots. They can just go on uh, socoselling.com. That's our corporate website, S-O-C-O, and then selling, S-E-L-L-I-N-G. That's the sales optimization company. So socoselling.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look up uh, Tom Abbott, uh, Soco Selling, you'll find me. Absolutely. We'll include links to both of those in the show notes and um, highly, highly recommend that uh, listeners who are thinking, man, Tom would be really helpful for me and my team, uh, definitely reach out. So I, I so enjoyed our conversation and getting to know you, Tom. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. And thanks so much, everyone. And Absolutely. happy leadership. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and the resources for everything that Tom and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 270, 270. Be sure to tune in on Friday for another inspirational episode and check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. If you enjoyed the show today, please recommend us to a friend. That is one of the best ways to help more people find the show. And if you're not yet subscribed, make sure to do that so you'll hear every new episode as soon as it goes live. You can subscribe for free wherever you're listening right now. We always love, love, love to hear your feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, or email us with direct feedback, questions, and guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Eskel, Laura Marchoff, Mark Krogan, and me, Elizabeth Kett. Happy selling!